0: This is Above Grade with J.S. Brown and your host, Bryce Jacob.
1: You're listening to Above Grade, where every week we discuss the construction landscape in Central Ohio and much, much more. I'm Bryce Jacob from J.S. Brown and Company
2: here with Greg Hansberry. We're here for educating and your entertaining value. Hey, Bryce. Normally, my wife really enjoys it when I come home with information about design or Uh projects she wants me to work on. But I think my kids are going to be excited about today's show. Oh, yeah. Because it's not every day you get to hang out with a firefighter.
1: That's right. (laughs) Well, we have a
2: retired firefighter. Right. is
1: what we have. And one that many of you probably know. Our guest today... Uh, is a celebrity in that format and being a former firefighter. And he's the former Upper Arlington Fire Chief. I've got Jeff Young with us. So, Jeff, awesome to have you here.
0: My pleasure. Welcome. How you doing? Yeah, well,
1: I, I'm doing really well. And I'll tell you, one of the things that um, it, I'm really it's been a privilege as well, because we got to serve you as J.S. Brown in a home remodel project for you in your retirement, which you're not yeah. really retired. Let's just face it. <laughs> right. <yeah>. You never <laughs> retire. Uh, we're going to have about a house that. It's just the next project and how do you pay for them. Ex- exactly so, what do you right. do you do? so, yeah. So that was about a year ago. We were in the, in the throes of remodeling your home and in, you were in the throes of trying to throw us out. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, it
0: was this time last year, you know, figuring out when will insulation go in, drywall go up. You know, yeah. all of those things and, and you know, heading towards the excitement of wrapping up the job. So it's been a year? It has been. Yeah. So, and so and, you're
1: happy with everything? It's I, I, good. I'm yeah. happy,
0: you know. It, it, like any house you move into, as soon as you're done and the dust settles and you've run the vacuum around, <laughs> you instantly start thinking about what's the next project to undertake and how yeah. to create more yeah. mess. So
1: Well, I know there you're you're a lot like many who just can't sit still. And obviously you can't because in uh, October twenty eighth, twenty sixteen, is when you you hung it up as the fire chief. And how long was your retirement?
0: Uh, a day, maybe two at the most. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and then, then so I what, what are you right doing? As of
1: November first, you took on a new role.
0: Yeah, I uh, assumed the duties as the director for Franklin County Emergency Management and Homeland Security. Yeah.
1: Okay. So not really a retirement.
0: No. So you know, <laughs> not really a retirement. It keeps me busy. It uh, is a fun job serving um, all the different communities within Franklin County. Yeah.
1: And so what does what that role have you focused on that's different from being the fire chief?
0: You know, well, some of it is um, an all hazards approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell people, you know, before I used to drive around, you know, checking out fire hydrants in the city, you know, yep. and was paying attention to them and exit lights in buildings. Um, now, most people would know me as outdoor sirens or tornado sirens. And I'm the guy, you know, going around saying, "Know where your safe place is if mm-hmm. uh, tornado warning is going off in your area." Should Every we put Wednesday Greg on the spot? Noon, right yeah, here we go. Uh, Every uh, Wednesday at noon, uh-huh. now everybody yeah. instantly knows exactly what we do um, when I say that. So they uh-huh. instantly have the. Do you know where, where to go, go Greg? Uh, it depends on where I am. If you're here at noon,
2: uh, well, if yeah. it's if it's a if it's a. a, a a practice then i'm going to lunch <laughs> that's, my, that's my lunch it's like right, it's like right. fred Flintstone. when the thing goes that's me i'm zipping out of here it's lunchtime but that's in an incredible. emergency we do have a basement here and we do have a yeah. a, a plan here that that we've gone over uh all with right the good company good answer both yes. good answers yes. really so does he pass or do you need to
1: <laughs> lock he, him he up pa-
0: he no he passes he can he can right. continue his job and, okay. and at, <laughs> at noon on wednesdays uh if it's just a lunch silence, he can continue to on lunch.
1: It's amazing how many people don't know what that is, though. I've been to lunch with people, and the siren goes off, and it's a blue blue skies, and they go, what in the world's going on? Is is that the tornado warning?
0: Yeah. So, you know, some of that comes with living in the urban environment. Yeah. So if you live out in the country, they're few and far between. Um, If it's an unpopulated area, you don't hear them that often. And then we're one of the few um, urban areas or metro areas that test them weekly. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of places do it monthly, um, once a month. You know, we've just stayed with, and and I inherited that operation, but we stay with uh, every Wednesday at noon. That way you're not trying to figure out, is it the first Wednesday, the third Wednesday, the fourth Wednesday? It's just noon on Wednesday. It's 20 seconds uh, twice. So it kind of becomes the the fabric or the landscape of of central Ohio. Yeah,
1: it it sure does. We can count on it. Mm Mm-hmm. And if we don't hear it, we know there's a problem. We you, know, we we're going to calling you. We, we're we we're, we're actively working on it <laughs> in that right. case. So we're <laughs> we're
0: tracking that, and, and it's amazing the you know we 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 have 198 sirens in Franklin County yeah. in, in no, our I'm system, kidding. and uh, we check each one, and and almost every week there needs to be some level of service on them. Most of it's routine in nature, um, replacing the batteries, mm-hmm. you know, checking on the speaker to make sure it's working um, at its optimum level. Um, you know, so there's always something going on to make sure that they're, they're always ready to go. And amazingly enough, it's a, a very small portion of the job, but it's the one that touches everybody um, one way or another.
1: Yeah, it really does. And, you know, that life safety is so important and so many times we overlook it. And you just mentioned replacing batteries, something that simple. And it's probably one of the biggest failures homeowners have in their own homes is replacing batteries in their smoke detectors.
0: C- correct. It's one of those maintenance items. Um, it's easy to forget to do or to put off. Um, But in, you know, three decades in fire service, maybe a little longer um, in public safety in general, um, smoke detectors are the ones that do save lives.
1: Yeah. So. And I usually change mine with a broom handle because it's always three in the morning when it starts <laughs> anyway, It starts
0: beeping. <laughs> See, now, and, and I can almost guarantee you, so when you go home tonight, commit to, when you change your clock for daylight savings yeah. time, right. you know, change your battery, and I can almost guarantee you, you will not be up at midnight, you know, being tortured by the the, bat- the smoke detector chirping at, at well, two or three in the morning. Well, it's worth it because
1: you actually have to come out of deep sleep to realize which one it is. And you're walking around your house, and which one is it? chirping at me 12 seconds or and then you got to get up on a chair yes. It's not it easy it to, it in it the it dark and it when it you're it delirious so you're right it's worth the cost of it 12 9 volt
0: batteries ex- exactly you know <laughs> that that is that that thing that you know pay me now or pay me later um <laughs> yeah. so you know you're you're uh, well served to be proactive and do it as part of just a, a normal habit if you've got kids it's a great opportunity to to give a give them a little educational talk talk about what you're going to do if it goes off what it is and, and all those Kind yeah. of items,
1: yeah. So let's let's shift a little bit and get into a more serious issue because this is as uh, recent to uh, hitting a lot of people in our community. The family up in uh, Genoa Township, the Writer family, who the four of them, the entire family, and their three dogs uh, lost their lives to carbon monoxide poisoning, uh, very unexpectedly.
0: Yeah, very very tragic event.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, what, when when something like this happens, you know, it kind of rocks the community. And it, unfortunately, it takes something like this for us to kind of snap out of it and say, oh, shoot, you know, is, is there something I need to be more attentive to around my own home to protect my family? What, what could, advice could, do you have?
0: You know, and, and I think that's it. And it's it very similar to smoke detectors. We've we've expanded out now to, to realize that um, in today's world, carbon monoxide is a hazard. It does kill people in their home, um, amazingly enough. Um it's, it's very scary, and, and it's something mm-hmm. that is preventable. So, you know, through detection, through good maintenance, um, it's a tragedy that really never has to uh, occur, or you never wish to see on somebody, but people can take proactive measures on, mm-hmm. their, on their own to protect themselves.
1: So what is it that, and we let's learn from this case, sure. Uh, just so there's something that comes out of it that has, uh, maybe helps another family or several. Right. Um, What could have been done to uh, prevent that from happening?
0: Well, first and foremost is having a carbon monoxide detector, Mm -hmm. you know, so um, they're readily available. They're not that expensive. Um, You know, just like you have smoke detectors in the house, you should have a carbon monoxide detector, Mm -hmm. Um, regardless of where you live, um, whether it's, you know, a condo, an apartment, a house. um, If you have something that burns fossil fuels Mm -hmm. um, or have a... Um, garage that you you know park vehicles in, mm-hmm. there are sources of carbon monoxide. So you should have a carbon monoxide detector because that's the one that's really going to save your life if you do have it. And then, you know, proactively, you know, um, good maintenance mm-hmm. on those appliances that burn fossil fuels, um, hot water tanks, um, furnaces, fireplaces, um, all of those um, items that, that produce it um, mm-hmm. as part of the combustion process. And then, you know, utilizing um, skilled tradespeople, licensed tradespeople, um, you know, working with your local building officials to make sure everything is um, code compliant, which is a safety right. measure. Um, most people, you know, they kind of cringe when they hear the the, the the prospect that the the building inspector mm-hmm. needs to come out or they need sure. to, to get something um, inspected and improved, approved, um, you know, but it's really for their own safety. I mean, yeah. most of these things are... Um, uh, you know, follow after the fact where there's been a tragedy, where somebody right. uh, needs to kind of, for the public good, um, check them. So, you know, utilizing skilled licensed tradespeople, having things inspected, mm-hmm. making sure that they're all maintained, and then finally having um, some form of alerting and warning if it does um, occur, or you do have a, a, a malfunction or something producing carbon monoxide. Yeah. It does occasionally happen, even under the best of circumstances.
1: Yeah, well, I, you, you've heard me talk, uh, you, you, well, I know you tune into the show every week, so you've Absolutely. heard me talk about my, my home that I live in. It's a 1939 home, and it has the original boiler. Correct. And so, you know, that is something that obviously is burning gas, and it's very inefficient because it's it's old, so right. I'm not doing a good job selling my home if I put it on the market. <laughs> I'll take it. But yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Give me two. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we have this, you know, this boiler and right. um, I haven't had it inspected in a while. Admittingly, it's overdue. And, um, you know, we've got a gas fireplace. We've got a gas water heater. You know, we've, right. we've got a lot, we've got a gas range and oven and all, all those different things. Right. So we've got a lot of gas in our house. And, uh, um, you know, that's the kind of thing that, Right. What, what are some things we should look for so, or if,
0: if we may have a leak or what? what? So you, so there's multiple. So first off, you've got the potential. Yeah. So you've got multiple items that that produce carbon monoxide. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you've just kind of named them all. Um, and I have them all. And you have them all. <laughs> um, and then so you've got the production side of it. And, and you need to check on that to make sure that, um, you know, heat exchangers aren't cracked or rusted mm-hmm. out. Um, the flames are burning as efficiently as possible because... Mm-hmm. Um, as, as flames or burners get out of adjustment, they actually produce a higher level of carbon monoxide. So a good clean burning flame is mm-hmm. the most efficient. So you need to check that. And then there's the exhaust side of it to make sure that whatever exhaust um, uh, chimney mm-hmm. um, pipe is in place to let those gases um, exit your house is clear, free, and intact and not cracked, not, um, doesn't have a bird's nest or an mm-hmm. animal nest in it hasn't had something happen to obstruct that exhaust system. So, okay. so there's multiple layers yeah. to that, but all, they all go into inspecting those systems on a regular schedule.
1: So now I, you were at the fire department. How many calls did you get from homeowners that you know, needed your advice or an inspection? Numerous. So, yeah. so
0: we would go, you know, obviously, um, unfortunately, when there's a tragedy um, in a yeah. community, that drives up a lot of um, questions, calls for yeah. service, um, people wanting to just check their system or they're not sure. Um, the other is, traditionally, it's always the start of the heating season, which mm-hmm. is when people fire up their furnace and they kind of smell mm-hmm. that that, yeah. that dust bur- mm-hmm. burn off, which gets them thinking, mm-hmm. um, which is a little bit of a, a false sense of, this is the only time that carbon monoxide is produced. Yeah. You know, if you've got a hot water tank that burns um, you know, natural gas mm-hmm. or anything, it, it's going year round, so it cycles. So it's not just in the fall, but those are the traditional right. seasonal items.
1: So you get those calls, and that's something you come out and you have a way of inspecting it. Yeah, most, it.
0: most, almost every fire department that I'm aware of will do a service call mm-hmm. if somebody um, wants them to come out. Some of it's an opportunity to provide um, education and convince people that they should have a, a carbon monoxide detector. Um, give them some information, and then um, there's always that questioning that goes on. You know, what brings us out today? Are you curious? Did you see something in the news? Or are you feeling bad now? Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning you feel have yeah. flu-like symptoms, or you know somebody's been you know not feeling quite mm-hmm. right in the home, mm-hmm. um, or your carbon monoxide detector is sounding. You know, and right. which okay. might happen over a period of time. Yep. So all of those things are worthy of further evaluation. Mm-hmm. And most fire departments um, will come down, come out as a service call, um, and will come out. They've got out. the yeah. meters to check that, and they'll you know let you know that they're not picking up any. Um, carbon monoxide okay. in the home, or there are some. And in many cases, they'll, they'll help you try to you know, find the source, secure it, turn it off so it's not going to continue to be a hazard and mm-hmm. kind of give you then advice to follow up with an appropriate tradesperson to correct your problem.
1: Do you still take the uh, calls about getting cats out of trees?
0: You know, um, I've taken, and, and I would say the fire department will take continue to take every service call they can to serve All right. the public. So, All right. you, know, um, you know, they may not always do it to your level, um, you know, or, or they may steer you to a private contractor if appropriate, but they're at least going to respond in some way, shape, or form. I don't know
2: why that's so funny to me.
1: <laughs> well, it is. You know, when I was a kid, we actually had a, a cat, and it was a kitten, and it went up in a tree, and it kept going. And it just kept going and going and going It wouldn't come down. Right, and it went out on these little limbs, and they started snapping. You, you know, it's oh, hanging exactly. by his paws like that, hanging in there, poster. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, and we called the fire department. You know, <laughs> yeah. I remember my mother calling, and the, and the fireman said. Put a bowl of food at the bottom of the tree. The thing will come down. Yes. and that was what they said. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and, and guess we, what we did? We did that, and guess what? Cats down, there they, eating they it it down and they the They come down the
0: tree. You know, later. and so so we used to kind of put that in the category of injury prevention. Yes. That if we do it, you know, um, hopefully we will, you know contribute some, to somebody else not, not taking the action on the own in which case brave, we're out there taking like them to the emergency bryce. room That's to get a right. to get something right. cast up it there. up <laughs> yeah my dad was like
1: get up there bryce go get the cat <laughs> i'm not
2: doing that i got this kids <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> famous last
1: words <laughs> launching me up there so all right sorry about the cat thing i was just curious because that happened to me as a kid uh, so the uh, the fire department do you work with the building department or the, the code officials Routinely. to determine? Okay. And how do you have crossover there to come up with things that us as remodelers need to comply with to, to provide life safety you know, when we're changing a home?
0: I think, you know, so, so you know, the the residential community, residential remodeling really falls in the purview of the building department, um, you know. And so they've got the jurisdiction there, but they will always rely on um, the fire department as being Um, if nothing else, a ready mechanism for public education. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's the fire department who's out in the schools talking to kids, doing public events. And then it's really the building department is the um, code enforcement official who works hand in hand with the the remodelers to make sure that they're meeting the, the building code, which really Um, regulates the the residential remodeling community and making sure that, you know, all those skilled trades people are being done, you know, they're doing it the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of the the process there, but they do work together. Um, Actually, they rely on many of the same um, source documents, Mm -hmm. National Fire Protection Association, um, you know, the National Institute of Science and Technology, all of those United uh, Underwriters Lab, all of those you know, sources that are the technical guidance. Right. Um, they kind of bleed over into multiple disciplines, both building and fire.
1: Yeah. And we just did a, a basement in Upper Arlington, and one of the requirements was the handrail uh, that was that was uh, existing mm-hmm. was open. And so, right. you know, they made us close the two ends off on it. And the reason behind that was so firemen, if they had to be in the house, don't get their, their coat caught oh, on. Right, yeah. It. And so obviously you kind of look at this and something must have happened. They exactly. created a, yep. a serious issue and, or repetitively happened where the design of, of the home had to change. Right. It's been there longer than the homeowner has been alive. Yeah. But now that they're making a change in the home, we had to bring it up to code.
0: Right. And, and many times, you know, um, the, the layout of a, a home changes over the years mm-hmm. and sometimes it's done correctly. Um, sometimes it's not, you know, and so, you know, basements are, you know, the great example I always use in that, you know, when, a many homes that were built in the 50s, 60s, you know, and before, yeah. you know, had your small basement window.
2: Yeah. And oh, yeah. so,
0: um, you know, so it was intended as storage. It's where you put the mechanicals. It's mm-hmm. where the storage was. Um, and over years, particularly in smaller homes, you know, people have expanded to put rec rooms down sure. there, bedrooms in the basements. Um, and if there's a tragedy, uh, a fire at night, Um, You know, those are almost impossible to get into or out of. Right. Um, So they really are an extreme life hazard. And, you know, now, um, you know, when you remodel, um, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got to have egress windows built in there into um, below grade levels, basements. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are one of those items that makes it safer for everybody. Um, Yeah. You know, it's not cheap. But it's, you know, compared to the cost of a life, and if you really want to use that square footage for somebody to sleep in, you know, you need to invest and do it right.
1: Very true. And I know if you have sleeping quarters down there, you have to have the egress in the sleeping quarters.
0: Correct, because that's where, you know, people are, they're asleep. So, you know, they're not going to smell the smoke. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it kind of goes hand in hand with the smoke detectors, the item that will sense smoke or fire and alert you or wake you up. Um, but if the fire's upstairs or is between you and your exit, you need a way out. Um, you know, similarly, um, you know, bedroom windows on second floors or first floors for that matter, Mm -hmm. have to have a certain size to them and can only, you know, and be, have a certain arrangement
1: um, to allow
0: for, you know, you know, ingress and egress, which, you know, basically for a firefighter to get in and rescue somebody as well as for the occupants to get out. Yeah. So, um, all of that works hand in hand.
1: Absolutely. There's a lot of good tips going on here, a lot yeah. of good knowledge, but I think we have one more nugget.
2: The tip of the week? The tip of the week. Let's hear it.
1: It's time for the tip of the week. If you don't have a carbon monoxide detector in your home, get one. If your batteries are dead in your smoke detectors, replace them. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, call the fire department <laughs> and one of the firemen will knock some sense into you. It's time to take home safety seriously and protect your family and yourself. And that is your tip of the week.
2: I, well, and after this, uh, we saw some of the stuff in the news. That's the first thing I did is we have the Nest uh, alarms at home. Uh-huh. I went right online and I was I double checked to make sure that they're both because you can get the mm-hmm. both smoke yep. alarm and the carbon it, monoxide. It's the combination it's unit. It's the combination unit, and I was like, you know, I, but you don't know well until done. you double check. It's something you don't think about until. Kind of your point, it's yeah, too and, late or, or it, something happens.
0: And it's amazing the, the leaps forward in technology that are allowing that to happen. Um, you know, these are right, items yeah. that we're not capable of or were not, we're not produced or available, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So I'm always amazed at those, those technological advances.
1: Yeah, you, well, you know, some of the other things that have happened, there was a great idea because uh, it, that's kind of backfired to an extent is people would put their home security systems in. And then they interconnected them to smoke detectors. Right. And when the smoke detector would go off, it would notify the security company. And so what a brilliant idea. But if you don't renew the contract and the system is shut off, it doesn't work. Right. And so we were finding we were going into homes and homeowners are saying, oh, yeah, I've got hardwired smoke detectors. And then we're finding out, well, those are those are tied to a security system that you, you're not even using right now. Or even if you are using, it's irrelevant. Right. The code officials are saying it cannot be tied whatsoever to your security system. It has to be independent, right. tied into yeah. your panel.
0: It, it needs to be tied into your panel, yeah. interconnected. It needs to be more part of the structure than just, you know, an add-on, which is, right. you know, I mean, they were sold by, you know, very... Um, they were sold primarily as security systems and sure. then the smoke detector was thrown in as an afterthought uh, mm-hmm. and so you know the the yep, code re- the, the, the code <laughs> requires now you know the the yeah. the smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors are, are a much more important part of life safety and need to be part of the structure and part of the, the wiring for the house and work well, correctly. Well, I get to be the
1: guy that explains that to homeowners <laughs> a lot, <laughs> who
0: already see that their project is over
1: budget. And, and we're saying, by the way, yes. we have to add smoke detectors throughout your house. And you know, some people think it's ridiculous. And there's this battle that we always seem to get in the Absolutely. middle of with homeowners that say it's none of their business. And it is. It is your business, right. because you put your life on the line. You know, you did this for years with Upper Arlington Fire Department to save others. And when their home creates a hazard to you or, you know, your right. teammates going in there to, to rescue somebody, uh, that's where it does become your business. Yeah. And so I understand it. And when we explain that to a logical homeowner, they get on board and they say, I, I want everyone safe. And that's usually a really good client.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, it makes it easier. I've had many of those conversations too yeah. during, during educational sessions mm-hmm. and and there is, you know, it takes some education and, you know, you're trying to explain the, you know, it's, it's money well invested. Sure. Um, you know, and then, you know, everybody at some point will probably look to sell their house to somebody. And, you know, you also have an obligation to the next per- purchaser, or the next owner who's going to, you know, take care of your, their house and, mm-hmm. you know, love the property and everything to have it done right and, and know that it's code compliant when they move in.
1: So you were saying you get these uh, combination units, and before we started the program, you and I were just kibitzing a little bit, and we were talking about those combo units and not just having one, because right now the code officials require us to make sure that every homeowner has hardwired smokes, and the way that they're laid out is there's one in every bedroom, correct, and then one outside the bedrooms. If their cluster is together, one in the hallway is fine, but if they're separated far enough, you're going to need another one outside the, the bedrooms. And then one on each floor. And one of those has to be a combo smoke uh, carbon, carbon monoxide, monoxide unit. But your suggestion was just make them all combo units. Correct. And I mean, they cost a little bit more. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, there's no price on
0: life. Right. And, and, and it's a fractional amount. And, and, you know, one of the things with carbon monoxide is that um, it's slightly um, lighter than air, but not mm-hmm. not really noticeable by to most people. So it is going to diffuse throughout a structure pretty evenly, you know, um, so, so you it's know, not
1: the low point.
0: So it's not the low point. It's not necessarily yeah. the high point. Um, it's, you know, I tell people a lot that, you know, it'll get picked up by the natural air currents in the structure you know, and get moved mm-hmm. around, um, and, and really diffuse or spread throughout the room, um, equally. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, you don't know where it's going to build up the highest concentration first Interesting. Yep. You know, there's a natural assumption that it would be, um, you know where the mechanical devices are but that's not always the case if it's being picked up by the air handling system um, for the structure and getting moved around so you really don't know you know mm-hmm. and then it goes to you know you want to be woke up if you're if you're asleep and something happens and you start developing carbon monoxide in the house you want to be woke up um, you know so you need it where you're gonna where you're gonna hear it when you're asleep um, so you kind of spread those yeah. out evenly so it makes just some real good sense to just have a combination unit. Um, It's a fractional increase in cost Um, in comparison. You only have one single device that is mounted on the ceiling, so you're not seeing two different detectors there. Um, You know, so it's my personal advice to just have a combination unit and just, you know, make them all combination units Mm -hmm. and you're good to go.
1: So I'm curious with these units, if you know the answer to this, if, if right now with them all being interconnected, one goes off, they all go off. Correct. But how do you decipher then the difference between carbon monoxide and, and smoke? Is there a different chime?
0: There's uh, there's typically an LED. Okay. So so if you think about it, you know, the, the advice to the average homeowner is the same. Get out of the house. Get out of the structure, right? Mm-hmm. Get out, make sure you're safe, mm-hmm. everybody in the house is safe, and then investigate. So so the immediate reaction should be pretty Get much out. the same. Yeah. Get out make sure everybody's out and everybody's safe and then you've got a little bit of a time then to decide you know I mean and that's assuming it's an alarm and not the low battery chirping like you have dealt with in your house but if it's actually an alarm you know leave you know call nine one one you know let somebody investigate um you know before you go back in and reoccupy the house you know yeah. so the advice mm-hmm. is the same now many of them have then different LEDs yeah, you know so there's an indication whether of what it's it is. you know uh, a green one and a red one, or whether it's, you know, two red ones. But, you know, once you are safe and you can really investigate a little bit mm-hmm. further, then you can kind of troubleshoot and figure out, okay. Yeah. And obviously it becomes pretty self-evident that, um, you know, the structure's either filling up with smoke or it's, <laughs> it's on fire. No, so, it's not. so that's the visual <laughs> I indication if right that's away. Fire? You know, or <laughs> uh, carbon monoxide. You know, so in most yeah. cases, the, 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 the smoke detector mm-hmm. is, is its purpose is to wake you up out of a sound sleep or to tell you that there's smoke in another part yeah. or another part out, of the building. Yeah. You know, but that becomes pretty self-evident.
2: And on Car- the Nest one, sorry to interrupt there, but yeah. it's all I mean, we've talked about technology and smart home. It's mm-hmm. all on your your phone. So they'll, A, it'll, it'll t- talk to you. It'll say carbon monoxide yep. detected. Car- and then you can pull it up on your app and, and it'll show you which one is, is light, lighting up, which one, you know, if it's the smoke, if it's carbon monoxide. Mm-hmm. And it'll even let you know when the batteries are, yeah. are uh, running low. So. And,
0: and there are, you know, and it's amazing because there's 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 a lot of studies have been done over, you know, talking smoke detectors. Mm. I know there's, you know, some out there where you can um, record a voice on it or a familiar voice. <laughs> Um, because, and I can't remember exactly all of the dynamics, but, you know, they've done studies with sleeping children mm-hmm. as to what they respond to, um, hmm. you with know. Your mother's voice. Your mother's or the, yeah, a mother a parent's voice, <laughs> right. you know, versus, you know, your average, you know, uh, upper teenager who you're beating with a stick and they're not interested yeah. in getting up so right. you know so how, surf's up uh, man yeah. Yeah, exactly <laughs> you know so um you know my household it's like you know school no i'm not getting up uh a sale at chipotle oh wait a minute I, uh, free food i'm on my way yeah, You know? that's right <laughs> so, what gets
1: the kids out wow that's a good study right there <laughs> That'd be a good job at the department there. You need someone for I'd like to do that kind of be the voice uh, research work. Well, the voice guy or the, Chipotle you know, guy. I know what teenagers want to hear. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Exactly. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Jeff, it's been great having you on. And, uh, you know, I think hopefully those that listen to this, they get something out of it that makes a
0: difference in the safety of their uh, Always fun their to come and, out and talk yeah. uh, on any of the subjects that make our community safer.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much, Jeff. Great to have you here again. And, uh, Greg, we get to do this all the time this is and, fun. and it is fun. You know, we, we try to outdo one week after another, but they all are really wonderful shows. So you get to be part of that by listening to the show. And we really appreciate the feedback all of you have gotten. It seems like you guys are enjoying the program and, uh, be sure to tune in. If this is the first time you've ever heard the, heard, uh, above grade, we got a whole archive of these darn things. And the best way to do that is go to iTunes, or you can go to JS Brown you can look at our whole archive of these shows and listen away until your little heart's content. You can binge listen. If the weather's bad, whatever it may be. But please, uh, when you do that, you can go on and you can rate and review us as well. Let us know how we're doing, what we can do differently to improve the program. But until next week, this is Bryce Jacob with JS Brown and Company wishing you a great week to build from.
2: Above Grade is a Columbus Radio Group production and produced by me, Greg Hansberry.